Hey, how's it going? The Hook Better Leads podcast, and my name is Tim Brown. Today, I have Tom Reber on with me. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing very well. I've been really, really enjoying your videos on being more profitable, uh, particularly for contractors. I think this is going to be useful for everyone today. We're talking about how contractors can be more consistently profitable and I'm excited to pick your brand on this. You obviously talk to a lot of contractors. Uh, his, his YouTube channel is The Contractor Fight. He's been helping contractors be more profitable for, how long have you been doing that stuff for? Oh, we started coaching people around uh, 2012, right around there. there. And, and you had uh, a contracting business of a painting company before that? Yeah, I come from the painting industry and we did several hundred jobs a year and um, sold my half of the company uh, to my partner at the time. Uh, and here we are, you know, doing uh, doing what we're doing in the contractor fight. So, yep. so, yeah, I've been there, man. I've been there. I've been kicked around a lot, been punched in the face with this business thing. I've been on the top selling millions I've, everywhere in between. I've been bankrupt. And I can tell you, it's a lot better to have money than to not have money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so we talk about money all the time in in our community it's like you know tim in our world there's taboo topics and money's usually one yeah. of them right and so we we totally go against the grain there and and get real with it i think that's like the first step in being profitable probably to be able to like get rid of the stigma of actually just talking mm -hmm. about it i know that a lot of contractors we love talking a lot of companies right we love talking about revenue mm-hmm <laughs> Revenue is not as taboo. You could talk about revenue all day, but you ask yeah. somebody, okay, how much of that are you keeping? That's right. a different. Well, revenue is that vanity metric, right? Just like the number of likes you got on a post, right? But the, um, you know, I've, um, you know, I worked with a guy several years ago who had a $4 million business and he had 40 grand in profit. I'm like, you know, um, be looking to hang myself if that was my business you know so it's a lot um, of work to be only getting it is you know a lot of guys get on the hamster wheel and and they don't talk about profit enough or they um they throw out bs um excuses for why they can't be more profitable things like well that's i just can't get the going rate or you know or i gotta i gotta sell my work at the going rate or um, I just want to be fair to my customers. And they think that if you're getting too much profit, you're not being fair to your customers. You're mm. being, a, being a snake. And that's BS. Because I listen, if you have a business, it's your duty to make as much money as you possibly can. Not because you're an ogre or some jerk sitting on the top of the mountain looking down at all the little peasants in the village. Okay, But the more money you make, the better you can serve your employees better you can train your team more you can stand behind your work the, the the more value added stuff you could do for your client base and so uh profit is a good thing and it gets a bad rap and then there's also this bs out there that i don't know where this came from but everyone's like well you price up your work and then you put 10 percent on and get a 10 percent profit all right i don't know about you but if i'm doing a hundred thousand dollar project i better be making more than 10 grand on that puppy mm -hmm. um you know, or it ain't worth it. It's just simply not worth it with all the risks that we take as contractors. Yeah. So from what I understand, the number one thing that you say to do here is make a decision. Um, mm -hmm. So 
I guess we might be asking you don't listen further in this episode unless you <laughs> might want to make a decision, this podcast, this video to be profitable. If you don't want to be profitable, don't, don't watch this. Don't listen. But I, I want to clarify something before we get into this, the meat and potatoes here, which is profit versus like owner's pay and like mm -hmm. owner's draw. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, I've got different people telling me different things, smart people that are like, well, the profit doesn't matter as much. Like just make sure you get paid well. And that could be separate, you know, like mm -hmm. um, being as a, like you, you can pull owner's draw, but technically on paper, your company isn't crazy profitable. Right. So right. what are you thinking about the most when you're thinking through these ideas? Yeah. Well, I, you know, listen, there's, this is why you need to have a good CPA and a bookkeeper and stuff. Right. Cause they, they know, how to save you money on all the taxes and how to classify yeah. things. And so I'm not going to pretend to be one of those here, but okay. for, for us, what you're referring to profit as a decision is, is the first law of the contractor fight profit creed. And, mm -hmm. um, and there are four laws that we try to coach people through. And, and that's number one, it is a decision to make more money. It's a decision to make a profit. Um, and so we always start with, First and foremost, that gross profit amount, you know, you do $10,000 job. We believe that if you don't have at least 5,000 bucks left after you produce the job to pay your overhead salaries, you know, net profit, all that other shit, um, then you ain't charging enough in most cases. Mm. And so Good. it starts with the gross profit, choosing to price your work for a 50% yeah. or better. And then to answer your question more specifically, in our programs, just to keep it simple for people. And I know there's draws and there's salaries yeah. and all this other crap. We, we actually make it where whatever you are paying yourself, taking home as the owner, however you classify it, that's an overhead. Okay. Anything okay. above and beyond that and all the bills getting paid, we call net profit, which I call, I define net profit as the financial pat on the back for doing everything yeah. you had to do to run the damn business. And yeah. that should not include your salary. You've yeah, already been paid and, yeah. and listen, there, there are, you know, I remember back in the great recession, there were, there was a year there where our goal was simply to break even mm -hmm. all the salaries were paid. I was paid, you know, and our goal was, as was literally like just zero out as long as we could zero out, not going a bunch of debt. It was a win. And sometimes there's seasons of business where that's a goal, but ultimately uh, you should be trying to make as much true net profit as you can so that you can, reinvest back into the business, yeah. you know, marketing, uh, in, you know, people training, um, shit. If you want to buy a boat, buy a damn boat, you know, or whatever you want to do, it's your money, right? Um, you want to share it with your team. You want to support a charity, whatever that, but that, that net profit to me is above and beyond. Okay. That's good. That's a, yeah. that's a big dis distinction here at the beginning. So this is beyond you making money. So not only are you making money, the company has store of money. And that also like that speaks to saleability, let's say 10, 20 years down the line um, for some of us. And then for some of you, it might be sooner, right? Like um, keeping that as a goal that I want real prof profit on the books and towards the end of your business, obviously you want that to kind of slowly go up before you sell. That's kind of for, from what I understand, but okay. So we got the four steps. Let's talk through the four steps of, of being profitable. It starts with decision, um, yeah, and then what a, else? yeah, it's the decision. Let me cover that super quick yeah. here. Like, just like being healthy is a decision. Profitability is a decision. And a lot of guys, 
make the excuse. So I don't know my numbers. I'm not good with math. I'm not good with this. The going rate is this. Can't get more than that in my area. Can't get more than that in my industry. And that's just BS. Okay. So I want anybody listening here, um, you being profitable and really checking the money box in your life is absolutely 100% a decision. Once you decide to do it and take the steps needed to be profitable, you will. Second part of our profit uh, creed is that it profit is always the result of proper planning. And I'm talking planning, you know, your marketing, you know, who's my ideal client, you know, that doing what you do. Um, what's the ideal type job? What are the, you know, uh, when I'm job costing, what jobs kick our ass, which jobs do we kick ass on, you know? And so we're going to plan to do more of those plan to market to those people. Uh, it's planning a good sales process and having that in place. It's pre-job planning. It's, it's, job costing. It's all the things that go into producing the work, not just producing the work, but also selling the work, attracting the leads. So you got to, you got to take some time to plan and really map out where you want to go, where you want to go. And sadly, most contractors are reactive instead of proactive. And so, and then we get in the third um, part of the profit creed here is, um, I don't know, this, this might've, I, I shouldn't have put these in any order, to be honest. They should just be bullet <laughs> points and not numbers, but they yeah, are. Yeah, no, that's all okay? good. Because to me, they're all equally important. But yeah. profit never follows a victim mentality. You're not going to be that's as good. profitable as you want to be, as your goals are, if you're walking around being a little kitty and, you know, being like, you know, uh, woe is me and the world's out to get me and everybody's cheap, can't find anyone to work. Because the more you put your attention on that crap, the more you attract it. Our reticular mm -hmm. activating system does that to us. The more you focus on something good or bad, you're going to get more of it. So if you keep looking at yourself like a victim, you're going to get more victim results. And then the final part of the creed is profit follows clarity and discipline. You know, we talked a little bit about you know, uh, having a decision up front, up front there, that may be profitable, but you got to know where you want to go and having clarity around that. And then having the daily discipline to implement the stuff, the activities, those disciplines, that's why I call it that, to get you closer to where you want to go. And it's that simple, man. You do these four things, um, you're going to be making more money pretty quickly. That's good. I love it. And I, I particularly appreciate the kill victim mentality because Basically, no matter what order this is in, that one, that's something we could all do today. Stop being a whiny little bitch. Mm -hmm. Start acting like you you are going to win. Start acting like you just, frankly, this is a good thing. As long as you're uh, an ethical person right. and like you really care about your customers, then it's very good for you to win. Like the mindset of, I'm assuming you are. Because I think like 98% of the contractors out there are uh, ethical, at least Absolutely. 80, yeah. right? <laughs> right. I, I would say I would say 99% are good human beings yeah. That, yeah, would, exactly. that bend over backwards every day yeah. to serve people, yet it, their, their lack of profitability and financial success yeah. stems from what they believe about themselves and the value they bring and what they're worth. And yeah. I see a lot of guys undersell themselves. I used to do this. I remember it'd be like 11 o'clock at night. I'd be typing up an estimate and it'd come out to like, I remember this one in particular, this happened hundreds of times. But I remember this one time in particular I sent, I was typing it up and my software said it came up to like 12, three or whatever, right? 12,300 bucks. And I was about to hit send and I went 
oh man, that I'd like to make that first number of the 12, I'd like to make it an 11. So it didn't seem so expensive. And so I dropped my price to like 11, eight, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And I hit send. So there I was negotiating against myself because I thought it was expensive. That's my own shit in my head, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was expensive. But what I failed to know is that we all have a different view of what a lot of money is. And you can't project your own views if you're onto somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's what I was doing. So I was negotiating against myself, sharpening my own pencil. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and I sent it, went to bed next morning and I woke up. And I don't remember the exact numbers. I know it was a lot more, but they were like, oh yeah, let's go with it. Thank God. This is like way cheaper than we thought. We thought it was gonna be like 25 grand, you know? And, and they were ready to spend 25 grand. Yeah. And oh, at the man, time, so at funny. the time we were probably pulling a 25, 30% gross profit on our work. So it was grossly underbid, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when we were on the hamster wheel, man. We were just really busy, a lot of money, a lot of work coming in, but we didn't have much to show for it at the end of the day. And it all stems from the fact that I didn't believe I was worth it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I encourage people, man, you, you got to get out of your own way and bag that, that crap, like can't get that in my area, can't get that price in my industry. You know, I did a video a long time ago on Contractor Fight TV on YouTube, talked about how uh, charging the going rate is killing your business. Because here's mm-hmm. what happens, Tim. Most contractors don't know their numbers. Most contractors struggle with their value. Most contractors, and I, dude, I've worked with, hundreds of contractors over the past few years and almost every single one of them that comes into our programs initially is has to damn near double their pricing when they come to us and they finally see the light they see the numbers they see what they're really making what they're not making the risk and all this other stuff and damn near nine out of ten times the guys are like i gotta double my prices so here's the problem with that. The people that don't have that education, right? They're not listening to a podcast like this. They're not looking at a video. They're not part of a mentoring program or whatever it is. They're out there on their own. They're winging it. And as they, a lot of guys think, as long as I have checks coming in, I'm making money, right? And so, well, and then they ask their buddy in line at the paint store or the lumber yard, hey, what do you charge for this? What do you charge for this? So you got all these guys that don't know their numbers all talking about the going rate, yet they're all not making enough money. So why the hell would we pay attention to the going rate? The only rate that matters is your rate. Okay. And yeah. based on your goals and where you want to go and how you define success. So yeah. go, you know, charging the going rate, worst thing you can do. Totally. So, you know, what really drives, you know, we all tell ourselves this story is partly because of the nose. I think we get no's enough times and we said, okay, well, I got three no's at 15K or whatever it happens to be or 20K. And um, so I'm going to lower my thing because I, I don't want to, I don't want my people to be out of work. But then when I talk to them, I ask them how far out the, their jobs are and they're saying three, six months. <laughs> they're saying, right. you know, some contractors have stuff out six months, but they're afraid mm-hmm. to raise their prices. Um so what would you say is a good, you know, I know there's so many different types of contractors out there, but as mm-hmm. far as like the, the queue of work, how short is the queue? Does this have anything to do with when it's time to raise prices? Um, if the queue of work is mm-hmm. three months or six months long, 
is that does that ever play a part in how you know when you tell people yeah well again i think it depends on the trade you know i yeah. grew up and cut my teeth in the painting world with my family and my own businesses and and it painting's one of those trades that has a pretty quick turnaround time pretty quick sales yeah. cycle yeah. right so there were times i remember i remember having you know 22 24 25 guys in the field and sometimes we were week to week because that's a shit mm -hmm. ton of man hours to sell yeah right yeah but that was also the nature of, of the that. business is where people yeah. are like hey let's paint the house you know versus you know right now my my queen and i were starting a just mind-blowing landscaping project here in the next few weeks in our yard yeah. we've been talking about it and planning it for almost a year Mm -hmm. you know and so it's just a different and it's it's a lot bigger chunk of money than a normal paint job is and so i think it just depends on your industry but i would say more important than that it's guys are afraid to get the no for the 15 grand or whatever you're talking about or whatever their yeah. jobs are it doesn't matter the dollar amount um they're getting the no's because sadly they don't know how to sell okay mm -hmm. they they there's two things here and you being a marketing guy, you've probably heard this. And I heard this analogy a million years ago that when your marketing is done right and you're attracting the right prospects and mm -hmm. you're making it all about them, it's like golf. It's like driving the ball down the fairway and good marketing will get the ball really close to the cup. Yeah. Okay. So that by the time you get on the phone or have a sales appointment with somebody, it's just a short putt because the marketing's done the heavy lifting. Mm, and good. so, so it's a twofold problem with this whole sales thing. It's your marketing. If you're a contractor and listening to this, I love you. Please know that I love you, but chances are your marketing blows beanbags. Okay. So it's like, because you think that I'm just going to scatter a bunch of shit out there to the world, but you don't have a strategy. You don't know who your ideal client is. You're not investing in somebody like you, Tim, you know, who's going to go and take that brand in the next level and tell the right story and attract the right people. So that's yeah. the first part of the problem. The second part of the problem is most contractors don't know how to sell. And that's okay. Cause none of us know how to sell or do anything until we're taught. Right. Yeah. So, and when most guys sell, they go out and they make it about them. My experience, we don't subcontract our workout. We use the best materials. We have X amount of years in the business. And there are all these things that we think are important. And when we train people how to sell, we start with the motive. What is your motive mm -hmm. for wanting to do the project? What are the reasons you want yeah. to buy? And then we have a great conversation around those things and ultimately sell a shit ton of work to the right people who actually pay yeah. two to, you know, 30%, 50%, hundred percent more than quote unquote, the going rate, because you're connecting with their motives. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Cause otherwise it feels like a transaction, but otherwise mm -hmm. like it's almost like a little bit of consulting of like, if you're, if you're tailoring it to them and their needs and you're hearing their pain and the pleasure or the reasons that they're, they're choosing this, then you can, you feel much more connected. They feel more connected to you, Yep. which I think is the same. It can, it can transfer into marketing. I always think like, literally I've studied sales. I'm not like the, the, the guru on it by any means. I'm more of a marketer. I like the soft behind the computer stuff, Right. but everything that I've learned on sales really is transferred into like how I'm thinking about marketing. And I think, mm -hmm. I think all marketers, 
should study sales because what we're doing is in you learn the sales techniques, you're just doing that at scale and marketing. Except with you know the softer top of funnel stuff that's like a little bit more just like how can I solve problems earlier before they even care about us, you know? Um, yeah, well, let, well, listen, let me give you a real life example from my company, the contractor fight. Okay. Um, yep. This is where sales and marketing to me are one. They really are. Um, we have a sales page and I know I'm talking online marketing here and shit like that, but that's fine. But good marketing. This is why guys need to invest in marketing. I, I think you need to be spending money on marketing and there's other things you can do that, excuse me, aren't a lot of money, but um, good, mo- good marketing will close the deal for you. So we have our, mm-hmm. we have a program called the hundred K contractor and the headline of this, if you go to our sales page, it's um, it's not, we coach thousands of contractors around the world. We have so much experience. We, this, we, that, okay. That's how most marketing is done. We're awesome. Mm-hmm. Like go, whoever's listening to this, go look at your top three, four, five competitors and your website. Chances are it's all about you. Yeah. Okay. You go to my sales page here. It, and the big ass headline is stop stealing time and money from your family. Whew. It's about them. Okay. Yeah. It's about them. And we go through and we talk about, Hey, most contractors are barely scrapping by. Okay. Think about Man, it. As, one, uh, one more thing. Note, one yeah. thing to note. Too, you're also leading with pain. Exactly. And, and pain, People buy for one of two reasons, pain or pleasure. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And you're, but and you're understanding them deeply. You're empathizing deeply with your audience mm-hmm. and leading with both very you focused and you're understanding their pain, which I think is mm-hmm. something more contractors could consider when they're writing their headlines as well. Yeah. And listen, you know, one of the things on here is just think about is a small contractor when there has their handout looking for money, your subs, your employees, your vendors, your customers, your family, the doctor, the insurance guy, your lawyer, the IRS, the state, like we are painting a picture for this person. So by the time, and and this isn't bullshit, this is shit we help people with, but we have to get that attention that we, when somebody sees one of your marketing pieces, if it's done right, they're going to have one of two reactions either. Wow. That's totally me or that ain't me. Right. That's it. Like that's totally me. That's not me. And either way causes a decision. Right. Um, we had a billboard to alienate their audience. Like when they're, yeah, you want, but you want to alienate them. That's the point. You want to be polarizing. You want the wrong people to get the hell out of your life and move on. All right. And so dude, we had a, we, so let me give another example of making it about them years ago. This is early two thousands. Um, we were doing, I don't know, 300, 400 painting projects a year. And, um, we had a billboard in town and it said, um, and what, and it was in a super prominent place (laughs) and I I was lucky to get it. I got it at a huge discount and kept it for four years. And it said something that I wish I still, I wish I had, I sold the company and I don't have all the collateral anymore. It was on my old computer. So I just, I'm going from memory, but it said something like, yeah, we've painted over 25,000 rooms, dot, 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 but yours is the only one that matters. Okay. So that's a way that we're blending the fact that, Hey, we got a lot of experience. 
but we yep. really only care about you. Our sales process, here's what's funny. All of our competitors would go in and talk about how great they were and quality and this paint and this and this and this. And people would say to me, Tom, why should we hire you guys? And I'd say, you know, that's a, that's a great question. I said, and, and I'll spare you the whole word tracks that I used right then for this story. But basically it came, came down to, I'd be like, Tim, we found, here's pain, right? Pain and pleasure. We found that most people, when they hire a painting contractor or whatever contractor, um, they, they're pretty happy with the paint job. <laughs> they're just not <laughs> happy with all the things that surround the paint job, like the ah. communication and the cleanup yeah. and the overall experience and wondering what the next step is and when they're coming, are they coming? Are we getting, when do we pay you? And all this other crap. I said, so we, I would say, you know, if, if everyone's quote unquote equal as a painter, and I know they're not, but I just said it that way. Um, I'd say the, the edge goes to us, but because of the way that we pre-plan a project and the way we communicate. And, um, and then I showed them a copy of a checklist that uh, our company used and our foreman would use um, mm. when we're meeting with them to make sure that we're not dropping the ball on communication, to make sure that if we're okay. painting the exterior that, you know, homeowner communicated to us, hey, this tree was 30 grand. We had it imported from blah, blah, blah country. We'd really like it not to get damaged. Okay. Yeah. Well, oftentimes the experience is screwed up with a contractor because sales guy hears that, doesn't communicate that to the crew, and then they end up beating the shit out of the tree, right? So, um, so that was our edge, but our, our edge, our, our, I guess you'd call it unique selling proposition was the way we pre-planned a project. Yeah. And we shared that with people. And that was the thing that tipped the scales. And I rarely ever sold a job that wasn't at least 30, 50, 75, sometimes 100% more than my competitors because mm -hmm. we made it about the client and not about us. I like that. Checklists. I like yeah. that as a takeaway too. Use checklists and that can, I, I like those as principles, right? We've got the mm -hmm. checklist principle. You could use that in your marketing and your consistency process, right? Mm -hmm. And then also uh, the, the, the idea of the communication line between your salespeople and your quality control. So basically like the idea that nothing gets dropped and making sure that, so you would put just for this for particular instance, you would take the key things that they had said during the process of your mm -hmm. conversating with them. And you'd make sure those were on a checklist is kind of like a, uh, so it was like a custom checklist for their job. Yeah. So I always had a notes page that, um, I would communicate with my crews, you yeah. know, say you're my crew leader on a project. And I would literally, when I would hand the job off to my field guys, I would yeah. go, Hey, we're painting the Reber residence here. Um, here's why they hired us. They hired us because they trust us to not be like all the other contractors. And this would be in writing, mm -hmm. but I would, I would tell my crew what that pain was that they had in the past. Yeah that yeah. I was able to contract around and close the deal because they trusted yeah. us. And so yeah. another example was this woman who um, I asked her a question. Uh, I said, Hey, you're going to hire somebody to do this project. And I'm just curious um, when you are done with the job and you've paid somebody to do it, how are you going to know that you hired the right company? And she goes, uh, you won't make, you won't wake my twins up. And I said, tell me more about that. She says, well, 
they were like three months old, four months old. The only time they slept was one thirty to three o'clock every day in the afternoon. Other than that, they were up screaming and wanting food. And so this woman had been run ragged for three, four months, but they needed their house painted. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and so the, she didn't give a shit about the paint job, Tim. She gave a shit about not waking the twins up between 1.30 and 3 because that was her only hour and a half or so of sanity and quiet and where she could make a phone call, she could take a nap or whatever. And so I said, she told me that, and I said, well, you know, would it help? I said, would it help if I um, got with my foreman and when we come out and talk about the job before we even start, we'll come up with a plan where we'll shift our start time a little later for your project. So we're not here so early, which will push our lunch back to say one 30. And then we'll, I'll have my guys take a 90 minute lunch. And then when they come back from lunch, we, it was an exterior, I think. Uh, yeah, it was an exterior. I said, we'll make sure. And it was like a three day job. It wasn't like this big, huge thing, but I said, we'll make sure that when we come back from lunch, we're never on the side of the house where the babies sleep just in case they sleep longer than 90 minutes. And she's like, you would do that? And I go, oh, yeah. yeah. She goes, you're hired. Boom. And we were like twice as expensive as every damn company because it was about her. It was about her needs. And mm -hmm. so, guys, there's so much money sitting out there for a contractor, for any business, if you really learn how to connect with somebody's motive. Mm, that's very good. I love mm. that. Well, Tom, I feel like this has been super great. It's kind of a primer on folks contractors to be more consistently profitable. Mm -hmm. Please go check out the contractor fight on YouTube. If you want to, I just YouTube contractor fight profit and just watch these videos one by one by one, because um, I think it's something that we all need to work on. And a lot of contractors, I think will get a ton of value out of it. Is there anything else that you want people to check out Tom of uh, stuff you got going on? Well, you know, I, and I appreciate that, man. Um, I would say for those that struggle with sales or they want to get better at sales, um, we have a free download. If you go to contractorsalesacademy.com forward slash cheap, and it helps you, we teach you how to identify somebody who's never going to be your customer uh, before mm. you waste a bunch of time with them. <laughs> so um, we got some really cool tools there. Um, because listen, we only have so much time in the day. We want to spend time in the sales process with people that are not tire kickers. We want to spend time with people that are truly uh, our customer. And we teach you a way to figure that out uh, without wasting a bunch of time running around and, you know, wasting gas and time and revising estimates and all that other shit. So contractorsalesacademy.com forward slash cheap. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, it's Hook Agency, hookagency.com, Hook Agency, all over social. Join us next week for the next episode. And I mean, just the contractor fight, Tom Reber, everything you guys got going on, some of the coolest contractor content out there. So thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Really appreciate thank that. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for joining me.